Let us not be ashamed to speak what we shame not to think. Michel de Montaigne In a realm abound with fragility and fabrication, truth is forced underground. We must, as sentinels do, provide sanctuary to the marketplace of ideas. And so, let us prepare to proclaim boldly and contend forthrightly before the court. This is Candor and Counter. Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of Candor and Counter. I'm David. I'm Sean. And I'm Chris. Another week, another topic. So we're going to draw a new one this week. I'm going to be drawing this week. But first we wanted to mention yeah. something. We wanted to talk to you a little bit about our submission process and our selection process and how that works. Any topics that are submitted, well, I say any, all, all topics that are submitted, they go into this spreadsheet that none of us have access to or look at, uh, us being, you know, us three. Uh, and then Chris's wife here gathers them all, and then we select from from the pool yeah, blindly and yeah. randomly. Yeah. So when we open these. It is the first time we are seeing the topic. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So when you guys are submitting something, we're not. We don't. We've never seen the topic beforehand. We're completely. We're putting fresh eyes on it. And so our mind has had no time to prepare. A lot of times it'd be funny if you were here to see our shock. And our brains lock up for a second. Yeah. Uh, so I'm sure you've heard it in previous episodes. Every time we draw a topic, we're like, Hmm, we can probably do something with this. That's because we, we have to consider how long we can make that discussion last. And if we can make it last two episodes and have a counter episode for that topic. Yeah. I think that's what really catches us sometimes is, uh, some things only go so deep. So, Sometimes you just can't really make a counter that has a lot of meat on it, you know, with some topics. And some topic we may look at and go, do you know, do you know what this is? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we try to share everything with you guys that we can. I know that some of our podcasts in run long, so some of this stuff gets cut out. We don't try to hide that stuff from you guys. We just try to make it more palatable. Yeah. Yeah, we wanted to fit it all in there and to not run you off. So, <laughs> yeah. But we're glad you guys get to experience that with us. So, without further ado, I will draw. Let's get it. Okay. So, I got the uh, aforementioned bowl full of toppings. Maybe not full, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. All right. That's a that's a long one. It's actually not that long. It's the paper uh, is long. Okay. There is there is a lot of extra meat on this paper. Jamie was deceiving you. Mm. Here is our topic for our candor episode today. Is the death penalty a good or bad thing? 
Okay. We all know we all know who submitted this today because she put her name on it. Kara. Oh. Oh. So for those of you that don't know, Kara is our sister. Yes. She's, yeah. I was about to say she's our younger sister. Your younger sister. <laughs> she's my. <laughs> she's my younger sister. Our older sister. Yeah. I'm, I'm the oldest. Uh, I'm the oldest boy. So, first off, what a good topic. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So this one is, this is going to be fun. And this is a good one. I'm so glad this one's Me too, me too. This, have you seen, oh my God. All right, go ahead. So this is going to be a fun one for me because there are a lot of topics that we come across. I have already solidified my opinion on, Okay the death penalty is one of those that I originally in years past had solidified and probably in an ideological way, not in a theologically or continuity of thought way or a philosophically consistent way. I was going to say something much of the same. My, the death penalty was something, is something I should say, that I've never solidified an opinion on. It was always like there in the back of my head, you know, anytime like the state of prisons and how they exist, how they deal with things. Whenever that was brought up, I would always think about it, but I never dug deeper mm. so this is going to be interesting to find how I feel <laughs> yeah me as well I'm sort of with David on the other end of the with David on the other end of the spectrum like I also haven't solidified a, a firm belief on what I think about the death penalty but I'm interested to see where it goes for me too because I value life a lot I think, I mean, it's going to be a tough one for me. Yeah. Because I, I, I do think all life is precious, right? But there's there's a lot of other things that go into it with the death penalty. It's it's much deeper than... It's messy. Yes. Yeah. It's much deeper than one person is dying. Right. And on my end... I need to make sure that I'm morally consistent with some of my other beliefs, right? And what does that mean for me? And there was a moment, I don't remember exactly how many years ago it was, and I have put it out of my mind since, probably avoiding the theological conflict inside me. I, I would restate that. I would say, avoiding the moral conflict inside me. But years ago, there was a commenter, commentator, I don't know what you call that, an opinionist named Matt Walsh, who I still follow, um, who's a practicing Catholic, I believe. And he stated that to be consistent with his views on the sanctity of life, that he supports for 
the unborn um, as being against abortion, that he could no longer support the death penalty. Right. And I knew this topic would come up somewhere in the episode, but that is one of the things that sort of led me down the road to question, okay, do I believe this because the majority around me believe it? Yeah, is it a thing that I learned? Yeah, or is this something that I truly believe or want to believe and why? And I talked with my wife about this years ago and told her that I had started to question my beliefs on the death penalty. And I avoided that issue internally for a while now. Uh, so here we are. And now, <laughs> yeah. And now here we are. And now I have to decide at least by the end of this, at least by the end of this yeah. series, through, this yeah. through discussion, series. Right. Well, I guess I, I have to decide sort of how I feel today or at least an idea. outline it. Outline it, how I feel about yeah. it, even if I haven't come down on it. I'm not sure what there could be that could cause me to really solidify either way. I guess I might have to look more inward than outward to make, make a stance on that. Yeah, I mean, what but, introspectively do you feel about the moral conflicts of the death penalty? I was going to say, so we all have solidified our idea on the individual Mm -hmm. and the worth of one person of Mm -hmm. their life, their experience. It's been a focal point. Yeah. So now the question becomes, can one person through cause and effect lose worth. Right. Is there irredeemability? Yeah. Is a person irredeemable in the, in their humanity to the point where they become such a threat that the loss of life or experience of others, whether it be mentally or physically, Man, this one's really challenging me. We're going to do the best we can. Yeah. Well, I'll say initially, I don't think I would be for the death penalty. Though a part of me does does sort of support it. Because some crimes are just really heinous, you know? Uh, And I also think we all understand human stubbornness. To repair oneself. Yeah. You mean for those individuals? I mean, there are individuals who, who there is no repentance. They don't care. Yeah, People like that are out there. Yeah, for sure. I'm not saying that that applies to every death penalty, every death penalty case. I'm just saying you can't ignore the existence of someone who's not sorry for slaughtering people. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what you do about that. Yeah. And the philosophical questions here, the moral questions here are, are so complex. I may be wrong here and we may be surprised in the future, 
But I think this is going to be one of the most morally complex issues that we'll ever come across because there are so many factors here that involve humanity. Yeah. Yeah. You can't forget victims. You can't forget justice. You can't forget the individual, the perpetrator as an individual. You can't forget the victim as an individual who had the right to life or whatever. It's, it's so much deeper yeah. than one person dying. Yeah. Like. And it's so much deeper than just punishment. Yeah. You know. You said it right. For sure. There's a part of me that, that says just instead of death penalty, you know, life without parole. Right. But. I don't know. I don't know. I guess that would be effective. Right. I mean, it, it would. Cost more money, I guess, maybe. But the numbers in this case, I think, wouldn't necessarily bear that out. I don't know for sure. But, I mean, a lot of times they're kept on death row for 10, 20 years. And that's exactly something I was thinking was I don't think the number of them would be enough to. And they're kept in isolation. They're not productive. They're not. You know what I mean? When you're on death row. Yeah, yeah. Why are they kept on death row for so long? Appeals processes. Okay. Of course, it has to do with the legal side. Well, it's not necessarily, it's actually about the fairness. Oh, I so mean, there have been exonerations okay. within the those time oh, yeah, periods. Like the one call. I mean, with DNA evidence, people that had been on death row were exonerated. exonerated. Yeah. But exonerations pose a new problem for the death penalty and you eliminate that problem when you eliminate the death penalty. That's true. That's I mean, fair. What? Well, we, I guess, let I me guess make this, this very clear. We have killed innocent people. Yeah. So think about that statement for just a moment. As we discuss individual worth, one of those like you know? Lord of the fly moments, like innocent people have died out of accusations. Right. Yeah. Misplaced eyewitness testimony, DNA evidence, whatever. Human beings with families were arrested, charged, and murdered by the state. You know, I, I'm not. I'm just as mixed up as you guys here, right? Yeah. So, I'm <clears throat> I'm just sort of playing the devil's advocate in this situation, and that's a rough. That's not a trivial matter. Which nothing about this death discussion is trivial. Absolutely not. So I don't think that that can be forgotten in the discussion. Well, a lot of times they're they're fighting legal battles up to the minute. Yeah. And they're trying to get what they call a stay of execution. Yeah. Based on whatever legal ramification they can find. And the stay of execution can range for time frames. Mm Mm-hmm. There are at least things in place to help reduce the number of innocents killed. Right. What is the name of that organization that tries to free those that were wrongly convicted? Is it the Innocence Project or something like that? I think it's called the Innocence Project. I'm not sure. I don't remember. If they feel confident in your... Innocence. Innocence. I mean, it's there's a term... There's a bit of 
subjectivity there. But yeah. if they feel confident in your innocence, um, they'll take on your case and then fight for your wrongful conviction. And that doesn't necessarily just have to do with death penalty, but they have freed wrongly convicted people from death row. Oh, they've, they've freed a lot of people, by the way. That's pretty cool. Over, overall, over across the board. But if you come back around to just the death penalty as a, as itself, you know, as an idea on its own, morally, I think most of us feel this way, but I'll be frank and say for most of my life, I don't didn't have a serious issue with it. It's not something that is hard to dismiss, I guess, right out because you understand the basics of like justice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In your head, there's like good guys and bad guys. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And this, uh, you have to pay for your eye for an eye. It's not difficult to understand or rationalize, you know? So I think it's perfectly understandable that most people support it, Mm -hmm. you know? Well, I don't know. I don't know if most people support it. I'm just saying that it's understandable that people people support it. I feel like going against the death penalty, but, but then there are are people that have done. Yeah. When you think of people who have murdered, you know, several people or people who have like, molested children or something like that that's when i think of like the victims in that case and i'm like if i were the victim or close to the victim like family or something i might want to see that guy dead you know i don't know that's why it's so easy to understand because you can empathize with those that are on the receiving end you know i can't imagine how I guess polarizing it could be to be in in the position of one of those victims. Since I since I don't support the death death penalty, as it is now, or as I am now. I don't know if I could say that I don't support the death penalty now, right now. I don't think I would say that for myself outright. I was just being general. I'm, oh, okay. I'm super hesitant to say it as well because taking a life and ruining a life are two separate things because if you ruin someone for life you, you can't even like quantify the damage you've done you're talking about the victim here yeah I don't want to talk about the worst case every time but I mean some it's, people well, ruin Tons of lives. Yeah. I was going to say, death penalty is one of those, like, it is the worst case every time. That's, the law is set up for that reason. And death penalties are notoriously difficult to get, to win. Maybe not to win. The criteria to be charged and receive the death penalty is stringent, I would say. The, uh, in most cases, of course, that's a state-by-state state basis, but in my Christian faith, God sees that person as redeemable. It's a possibility, you know? And that requires repentance, though. 
I mean, it, it's not easy. I mean, there is no way to claim that you live with God in your heart and guided by Christ and a follower and to still be glad, you know, to still rejoice over the death of someone you I murdered. You, mean, like, right. you, you know, God made it as one of the commandments, but the commandments aren't, if you do this, you'll never get into heaven because we break God's laws all the time. But they're more of to a- receive that gift. You have to have submitted yourself to him. And if you've done that, repentance is a spiritual sorrow, a regretful action for your sin. So, although I do believe they can be forgiven, and I do believe that there are men who have died throughout history, sentenced to die, who are regretful, repentant in the true sense. But the earthly consequences, I believe, are different, a different beast altogether. You know what I'm saying? The actions of the law in the enforcement of justice are not the same thing as being soulfully repentant. Right. You see what I'm saying? I don't think that that should have a bearing on the most malicious cases necessarily. I was highlighting the difference between the two. Spiritual and the... Spiritual and the legal repercussions. The responsibility of the perpetrator right? right we're assuming here in this conversation that he was rightfully convicted um i think we can all agree if someone was wrongfully convicted yeah. absolutely do not deserve the death penalty so the legal repercussions for the most malicious cases do i have to think about that in terms of my theology you see my point right so I, do I have to consider that? Yeah, you've got an extra layer as to a get theological through. issue. Yeah, or do I just have to deal with it on a moral level in regards to in regards to common law and the moral implications of that? But I was just saying that there is some kind of disconnect there because I think that they can be repentant. In my current, maybe not fully formed belief that I support the death penalty, I would say one of the reasons is, even as a Christian and being consistent, it's because that punishment being part of the common law doesn't necessarily violate or doesn't necessarily hinge upon repentance yeah i don't know if i made that i jumped around a little bit because i'm trying to figure out how to word it but i believe someone can be truly repentant sorry for their crime and still deserve the punishment that the law gives them okay now that's what i was trying to say 
I was trying to put like <coughs> two and four in my head and got seven. Sometimes it's hard to put it together in a way that's easy for people to understand. I get what you mean, though. But I think that's fair. I don't know if it was learned or if it's a belief, but somebody getting what they deserve, right? That That's, that's such a... That is the building block for a justice system. Oh, yeah. Like, if you don't have true justice, what do you have? Right. So, how how do you deal with someone who has ruined multiple lives and either plans to ruin more or doesn't feel sorry, like, could do it again kind of thing? Like, yeah. How, how do you deal with someone like that without having the death penalty? That's another thing I was thinking of was... If you take away the death penalty, we're still not gonna release these malicious convicts. So the only other option is to keep them in. It's like, what is the difference, really? But if you think about it from the perspective of the victim, which we've been doing quite a bit. If you imagine it, okay, so they killed somebody you know, somebody you love, maybe even multiple, whatever. They're not sorry for it, whatever. And the maximum justice you can get is you will be staying in that facility forever. That's the max. That's what you get. That's the maximum justice you get. You're in timeout permanently. Yeah. Now that can destroy a man physically, emotionally. Right. But it does. Is it enough? Like, is it? Yeah. It doesn't feel like, uh, yeah, you're right. It doesn't feel, uh, and they may not equated. even be in isolation. They may be, yeah, in population. They get to interact with other people, eat their meals, play cards, whatever, you know, watch TV, maybe whatever. It's not. Yes, it isn't freedom. Okay, we acknowledge that, but is it enough? Right. Just because they have bars around them, is that enough justice for? Someone's life. Or, or people's lives. Yeah. That's probably the biggest reason that I come down in favor and supporting the death penalty as of now. Everything is going to be changing very soon. What do you mean? Ten years. A new age is coming. A new age in... I think I'm back in the middle again with this issue. Right? Because I'm like, oh my God. If I were the victim, you know, depending on the severity, right? I would I would want them dead probably. Like... Yeah. Yeah. It would just... I can't... <laughs> I like... Like when the bad guy has his come up and that's well justice, right? And if there's no other punishment to fit the bill, then what are you gonna do? Do you I have a question that might you know, I don't know your guys' views because we have never had this topic. But do you feel like it's inconsistent for me to support the death penalty and then 
and believe in the sanctity of life and the worth of the in individual and not support abortion? In, I mean, as an outsider in that perspective, I think I can definitely see that because I mean, when, when you're talking about in the individual and how individualism is important, sure, you're sort of sliding one individual, that individual being whoever, whatever inmate is, you know, on death row, you're paying respect to the individual that is the victim of that yeah. death row inmate. So there's that too. And I think on the flip side, you're supporting individualism by supporting the inmate individual as well. So I think I can see either side your, there. Yeah. And I, th I can definitely see your belief being consistent as well. It makes sense to me. I haven't thought about, about that, about from both perspectives, how you're honoring the sanctity of life by honoring the, the, victim even may even though it may not be willing uh but the sacrifice of the life of the victim yeah or by even, exacting the punishment necessary or even if it wasn't right lethal, or, the quality of life because somebody surviving for 30 years after horrible atrocity that was done like, right but the damage to the individual right. period, whether it's the loss of life or the loss of the quality of life, even. Yeah. You're, you're respecting that when, I mean, that's a fair question to bring up. Is it fair to have the death penalty for non homicide cases? I think so. I mean, I know we don't want to get into the individual, right. like right. every death penalty law and what the qualifications should be, but I mean, it's a fair moral question here. I think it is. I think it's vague enough to be fair, right? What's vague enough? Non-homicide like, yeah, cases. Yeah, non-homicidal <clears throat> versus homicidal cases. I mean, obviously, you would have to draw lines legally somewhere. Yes, yes. But, I mean, you can't just say... I think it's fair to say that you can't just say, if you support the death penalty, that it's only homicides. I mean, if you have we can all sit here and think of cases that would definitely be worth the death penalty. Yeah. 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 You know, like yeah, that was something I was going we to would say. Support like, <laughs> it. Eventually there comes a point in non-homicidal cases where you've done enough damage to enough people yeah. that it, it is well worth uh -huh. a life. Oh yeah. I wanted to ask are non-homicidal perpetrators on death row is that a thing or is it only homicide cases i think it is in some cases the like i said the state oh right it's all based on each state and their laws and yeah. so some states don't even have the death penalty yeah yeah and the only thing you can get is life without parole the maximum you can get is life without parole so i think we've stated it like i think none of us feel 100 percent yeah, it's true. I have these like 
I guess it's the continuity of thought like you were talking about. Yeah, you have to be consistent. Yeah, I, I have these beliefs that like there's eye for an eye, right? And like I want to see the victims fulfilled, sort of. I don't know if that's the right way to say that. But it's it's hard for me to say that taking another human life is the answer to something, you know? Yeah, right when you get to that edge. Yeah. You're like, it's like, that's the, because it's a big step. They should pay for what they've done. Okay, but should they die? Well, okay, hold on. (laughs) I think there are cases that do deserve the death penalty. In the end, there are, are, I mean, there's just got to be, to me, right? Yeah, you can't. Some crimes are too, too bad. Yeah, you can't let someone run and commit genocide. And then throw them in prison for the rest of their life. Right. Most of our discussion has revolved around criminal cases Mm. and not maybe international or genocide cases. But that's a good point, actually. War crimes. Because if you're going to be consistent. You can't let someone. If you're going to say no death penalty. That's a line you're drawing. You can't. You can't say no death penalty except because then you've abandoned your no death yeah, penalty exactly. policy, exactly. right? And so, can I say that Saddam Hussein didn't deserve to die? Can I say that Hitler didn't deserve right. to die or uh, that the Nuremberg trials weren't fair? I think that that's a good line for each of us. I think we recognize that there, there are situations and where it needs to be had. Yeah. So the tough part now. <laughs> What's the situation? It's tough. I feel like <laughs> it's so. I feel like the moral implications of going off and doing this homework is like, okay, now go and find reasons why you can let them off the hook, right? Yeah. And that's tough. That's tough. But um, our job here is really to yeah. tear it apart. So. That's what we're going to do. And we feel like there are justifications, all of us at some point, that the death penalty is warranted. So I'm going to dig a little bit into the theological implications of of that and how that affects me. But also, I'm going to look at where are the holes? Where are the holes in this argument about about the importance of life and does that reach out to those furthest criminals all the way up the scale? Right. Yeah. I really want to look into like the, of course I do this every time, but I want to look into the statistics of the death penalty. How many people, what percentage of people are exonerated? Mm-hmm. All right. And then like compare that to the amount of people that are given the death penalty and see like, why it lines up that way. Cause it, I mean, if that's the case, should the line be moved? So we know where we're at. And I think we all know what we're going to be looking for. So it's time to say goodbye. So it is. Uh, as always, uh, if you have a topic you want to submit, you can go to candorencounter.com slash submit. Just put the topic in there. We'll be getting it. 
we would love to get it. So just submit whatever you want. We'll we'll try to bounce it around. We appreciate it. We also have a Facebook page, uh, Kenner Encounter. And you can go there. You'll see our progress on every episode, the research we did, and how we kind of came to the conclusions that we did. Yeah. If you guys have any opinions on the death penalty, share them on the post that's created for this. And... And let us know. This is a complicated issue. We can use all the information we can get. All the opinions we can get. We've got some personal choices to make. Yeah. This is going to be one of the deeper ones. Let's get hit really close to the heart. Yeah. Definitely. Guys, we really appreciate you listening. We're so glad that you came around. We love you as a human being. We hope to see you again. So until next time. See y'all next week. Guys, the episode was over 17 seconds ago. Congrats on wasting 17 seconds. Goodbye.